grace, grace, grace to you and peace from God, our creator and our Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to talk about grace today. But first, we are going to talk about Nicodemus. Oh, I have a tender place in my heart for Nicodemus. When I realized that our gospel text today would be the story of Nicodemus coming to talk to Jesus at night about the questions that were keeping him up, I closed my eyes and pictured my childhood Bible. Not the story Bible that I would have had as a very young child, but the one that I was given at my baptism when I was seven years old. It was the Bible that I took to the Baptist church every Sunday, dutifully writing notes in the margins as the preacher preached. It was the Bible that I used for Bible drills, the Bible I took to camp, the Bible that I highlighted copiously with all the bright colors, the Bible that I opened when searching for answers. And interspersed throughout this Bible were just a few glossy pages of pictures depicting different scenes from Jesus's life. One of those pictures was of Jesus and Nicodemus talking. I remember it so vividly. Nicodemus with a graying beard showing his age. Jesus with kind eyes. It was a close-up of their faces, but the dark blue and purple hues gave you the understanding that this conversation was happening outside on a warm, dark night. This is the context of today's gospel reading. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a holy man, a Pharisee, who sought out Jesus after Jesus had turned the tables over in the temple. And when he finds Jesus, he calls him rabbi, teacher. And he says he knows that Jesus has come from God. Jesus responds by telling Jesus that anyone hoping to see the kingdom of God must be born from above, must be born of water and spirit must be born anew. This puzzles Nicodemus, so much so that Nicodemus asks what I think must be one of the most absurd questions in all of scripture. Can one enter a woman's womb a second time and be born again? On behalf of all the mamas of the world, let me say no, emphatically. No, Nicodemus, you cannot do that. Nope, no, no way. Jesus, seeing that his efforts to illustrate her point have zoomed over Nicodemus's head, points instead to a story that Nicodemus would have known well. It's the story of Moses lifting a serpent made of gold onto a stick so that the Hebrew people who had been bitten by snakes would be healed by looking at this snake. It's a story, a longer story for another day, but it's a story that Nicodemus would have heard as a child, one that he would have taught as a religious leader, a story reminding us that sometimes to be healed, we have to look at and ponder the very thing trying to kill us. Rather than averting our eyes and living in denial, we must look death in the face so that we might live in truth. I can just see the light bulb beginning to flicker in Nicodemus's head. 
And then Jesus continues saying, God loves the world, the whole world, all the people. And out of that love for the world, God sent Jesus to shine a light on the things that we would rather hide in darkness, hide in shame, hide in denial. Because bringing the things that we would want to hide into the light is what saves us. Living in fear and shame and denial is death. Living in truth and light is real, full, abundant life. This is why our reading from Ephesians today begins with the bleak words, you were dead. You were dead. You were dead like everyone else in the whole wide world because like everyone, you made mistakes things done and left undone. And those mistakes, those transgressions, that sin we all wrestle with and often try to hide, it was life draining. But then the letter reminds the Ephesians, God who is rich in mercy out of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead through our trespasses made us alive together with Christ. Oh, to be loved even when we were dead, even when we were stuck in sin, even when we were living in darkness and denial. Friends, this is what grace is. God loves us even then, maybe even especially then. We don't have to raise ourselves up from the dead, no. We aren't alone in cleaning up our mistakes, no. We aren't left to our own devices. God doesn't say, you're a mess. Pull yourself together and then we can talk, no. God sees us, loves us, and shines a light on us so that we can see ourselves, the good, the bad, the ugly, and saves us from sin and shame and death. The letter to the Ephesians says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Ah, grace. It is a word that we struggle to wrap our heads around. I think a lot of us, myself included, are actually more comfortable with the idea of earning God's favor. I say that because I spend an awful lot of time and energy on trying to be the perfect friend, trying to be the perfect parent, trying to be the perfect partner, and it's exhausting. The trying is exhausting and the failure is exhausting. I need to spend less energy on trying to be perfect and more energy on trying to understand God's grace and the implication of grace in my life. I think the words of the hymn that we heard before the gospel help me inch closer to understanding grace. Hear those words again. There's a wideness in God's mercy like the wideness of the sea, there is kindness in his justice, which is more than liberty. There is welcome for the sinner 
and more graces for the good. There is mercy with the Savior. There is healing in his blood. There is no place where earth's sorrows are more felt than up in heaven. There is no place where earth's failings are such kindly judgment given. There is plentiful redemption in the blood that has been shed. There is joy for all the members in the sorrows of the head. For the love of God is broader than the measure of the mind. And the heart of the eternal is most wonderfully kind. If our love were but more faithful, we should take him at his word. And our life would be thanksgiving for the goodness of the Lord. Yes, the love of God is broader than the measure of the mind. I cannot fully wrap my head or my heart around God's grace and God's love and God's mercy in general. But I am especially stumped by God's grace and love and mercy for me. And yet the letter to the Ephesians reminds us with humility, we are what God has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand to be our way of life. You are what God has made you. You are what God has made you. You are lovingly created in Jesus for good. And this goodness that we are created for, this goodness is to be our way of life. Not by endless striving, but in believing in the wideness of God's mercy and love and grace so that our lives may be an endless, thankful testimony to the goodness of the Lord. Amen.